Heroes from the Trenches, stories forged in the fires of experience. This episode brought to you by Camores. Together, we can create a better world through the power of our chemistry. Visit Camores.com. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Tales from the Trenches. We're hanging out with Don Gillis. Hello, Don. Hi, Cliff. How are you today? I'm doing good. Let's, uh, let's spend a little bit of time talking about brazing and ways to protect things around us and some of the experiences that we've had out in the field. There are, there are a lot of things that we can teach on brazing and burning in particular. And, uh, you know, like I always mention, I probably should have named this show Do As I Say, Not As I Did. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So let's share some stories from the world of Don Gillis. Out yeah, <laughs> here we go. Here's, I'm going to tell you all the little dirty secrets now, the skeletons. So That's right. talking about brazing, I have a great story for you. So, you know, we all make mistakes and sometimes those mistakes we make or some of the times the things that we learn yeah. are mistakes we've made in the field. Those are probably the most, the things that stick with us the longest. So let me tell you about what I learned about when compressors rolls in particular started coming out with copper clad steel material on the compressors when you were replacing compressors and you probably know where i'm headed with this so the reason they did that is to make it more rigid if you will and if it tipped over your truck or got hit it when they were pure copper they were uh, easier to bend that copper and get egg shaped and what have you so they brought the copper clad steel in so when i learned how to braze it was always and maybe i was wrong uh, taught wrong is to heat that up on the female side and draw that brace in, you know, around it and warm it up first. Well, when I started seeing this clock cut steel, first of all, I didn't know what they were because it didn't really jump out at me. It wasn't that big of a difference in color. So I'm brazing this compressor in one day. By the way, this happened to me twice. I fell victim to it twice. <laughs> so I'm brazing on the female side of the, and I got my rag there protecting it up against the compressor and I'm brazing on the the female side and I'm brazing, brazing, my brazing rod isn't taking. And uh, next thing I know, the film on the female fitting <laughs> started to kind of starts, bubble up. It yeah, ate it away. Like okay, so you know where I'm headed with this. <laughs> So it's kind of like water in the pipes when you're plumbing, if you've ever done plumbing before. It's not a good day. So it, it got it, it burnt just enough that coating off. And once you get down to that actual steel like that, it's then a real, real bear to try to braise. It took now me a long time. the flux to get, rod out, probably. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Get the flux rod out and get it. So. And then it started to happen to me on a second time. So here's what I learned along the way. Um, you know, fast forward is in actuality, there's actually an A bulletin with Copeland uh, that, uh, that states this. And I don't know it off the top of my head, but you can, if you just put the search words in, right, you'll find it. It'll pop right up. But you, you actually, you, we have three different types of heat. We have convection, we have uh, radiant and we have conductive, right? So they want you to use a one, two, three method. And the method is this. You're at the female side of the compressor, that female fitting, the, uh, the, the 
you know, on the, the stub compressor. coming there. off the compressor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's number three. Number two is just entering that female fitting, the pipe itself, and one's the back a little further. So you start heating the pipe up with one about two inches out. That pipe is then conductive, right? Starts to heat up in the female fitting. You step one step closer, that's two. You're still not on that compressor fitting to get a little bit warmer. And the idea of it is when you get on top of that, the, the, the actual stub on the compressor that that'll suck in real well. And I have found that to be a blessing. <laughs> so if you're ever in that situation, but I want to share that with him because I've told people that story before and it's, it's, you know, going back to, it's funny how we're all human and we all make the same mistakes, you know, and before smartphones, we made a lot more mistakes hmm. and, uh, you know, but you get those smiles in the classroom, like, you know, and anybody felt victim of that and, the, and the honest ones will raise their hand and go start right. smiling, nodding their head. Cause they have, you know, there's no instructional thing on that or there never was when it first came out or whatever. So that, that's one thing I wanted to share, uh, of, of, disasters in my career that I have found along the way, a learning experience. It's a learning curve. But the other thing is, is protecting TXVs. I, oh, man. You know, there so many TXVs were damaged early in my career, not just by me or not by me, um, but I, as a service manager, I saw a lot of TXVs coming back for, for a lot of reasons, you know, not okay. using nitrogen, um, you know, when you're brazing. That's a big one. I know we hear that all the time, mm. but it's huge, huge, huge. And uh, with POE oil, it became even more impactful. But uh, protecting those TXVs and, uh, you know, even 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 liquid line filter dryers and those kind of things, wrapping that stuff, cooling it. They've got a lot of good products out there, uh, gel and what have you. Back in the olden days, because now that's where I'm at in life. That's right. um, that's it was learned. very common when you opened up the back of the door of a van. You may or may not remember this, Cliff. You probably do. But everyone everyone i knew anyways had a little steel back when they made steel cans like a folger can a folgers coffee can with a red rag in it little red and rag bucket was, you, <laughs> you, you, you put your little water in there and you took that rag and that was your protection that was that's what you did yeah yeah so um so but protecting everything like that is uh and especially if you use I know Turbo Torches is a name brand, but right. the acetylene torches by themselves, they're great to carry up 40-foot ladders. I love mine. I always did. Uh, but I tell you, when you use acetylene oxygen, it is so much better, in my opinion. Uh, when acetylene came out, no no knock on it for those that use uh use just settling uh please no hate mail but uh what i noticed when we went into the era of just the settling that those became more popular is you saw a lot more damage txvs oh, you saw extra heat there service ports uh, the 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 nuts were were actually swelling inside there and you know the next thing out of someone's mouth is oh they're junk they're junk they're junk but they didn't realize the longer they were staying on that they were damaging things you know what absolutely. i mean absolutely I could always tell in the grocery market installations who was using straight acetylene and who was using oxygen acetylene. Because all you'd have to do is open up the pans for the evaporators and wherever the TXV was, if everything around it was scorched, you knew what they were using <laughs> because yeah. of the, the amount of heat that is radiated off from is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I and and I have both, and I've used both, but I really like my set. I was a, I I don't know if I've even ever shared this with you, but I reinvented myself at almost age thirty. I've been doing this just at thirty-one years now, but mm -hmm. I uh, 
I was a laid off union welder. And, uh, you know, I worked in a factory uh, and, you know, making farm equipment and we laid some pretty good sized beads down. So I already had a good grasp of how to braise and how to weld and those kind of things when right. I got in the field. In fact, right. that was one of the things that, uh, that the owners took notice to me right away that I could braise pretty well, you know, but, you know, so anyways, but yeah, that's one, that's a big one there. The compressor's a big one there on the, the heat also. And then just, you know, just, just, uh, you know, uh, getting that pipe warm enough to put that braise down and, and uh, just anything like that. Always remember to, uh, you know, one of the things I like to share in the classroom is this, is, you know, we've all done it. We've all been bent over a, you know, condenser of some sort hanging on and trying to braze in a, in a, in a compressor. Um, don't break, don't unbraze them out of the, out of the, uh, the, the condenser though. Um, right, cut please, please, please cut them out. Um, don't braze them out. You, you need to have a little stub on there anyways, if you're going to send it back to crimp. So don't do that. It's not worth it. I've not been around anyone that's got seriously injured, but I've seen and heard a lot of horror stories. It's, uh, in fact, it's became so common on one compressor that I know of that different manufacturers actually moved where their suction line was on the compressor simply for that reason because the thought was if they lowered that suction coming in um that it would it would be lower and cool the motor down better the sure. lower it was it would get right. but actually it was it did not change anything and people were getting hurt because they were closer to that oil in the bottom of the compressor um trying to unbrace it out so be very very careful with that i remember early on in my career I was a very young guy in the field, and we were we were changing a compressor on a residential AC. And you know, it used to be a common practice to braze out the compressor. Uh, that you know, that has since changed because we have changed the way that we design the fittings, and we do a lot more copper-clad fittings now versus solid copper that are attached to the compressor. And I remember it was a scroll compressor. This was early on. This was early two thousands. And I was watching my mentor braze out this compressor and there was obviously still some refrigerant in the oil and he had to get it so hot and I imagine it was because of a copper clad fitting. He had to get it so hot that by the time it actually came off, there was phosgene gas in the compressor. And when it came out of the compressor, you know, it's just enough vapor form. He was already bent over, so he was already leaning down, so his lungs were already compressed. And when that phosgene gas hit and he tried to back away from the compressor, when he inhaled, of course, with your lungs compressed, you stand up, your lungs are going to feel, and all he was feeling was phosgene gas and went straight up and went straight back and flat on his back on the ground and was passed out for about three minutes. It's so funny you brought that up. I occasionally when i can remember to you know if we get on that topic in the classroom i often ask if anybody you know has ever smelled that and you get people chuckling and laughing because mm -hmm. we've all done it before right. and i jokingly would say and i really mean this though when i would smell that sometimes in my younger years and it hit me it was so bad that i knew i probably just took some amount of my life off time, years yeah. off my life, but I wasn't sure how much, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. That's how nasty it was. You knew, that yeah. can't be good. That can't be good for you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about, you, you struck up about, you know, the brazing thing too. We talked a little bit about, um, 
the you know the compressors cutting them out and bracing them out another a fun fact if you will is the liquid line filter dryers i think most people know that but the objective of that you know uh, the 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 primary reason is to remove moisture right so don't unbraze those cut them out when you unbraze them you're chasing that moisture back into the system only to be caught again by the new liquid line filter dryer and you know as common as you and i know that to be um you'd be surprised how people how many people do not know that you know what i mean because it's easier to sweat them out and that's the way we were kind of taught you know what i mean i mean that's that's the way it is so yeah all good stuff so a lot of good lessons to learn about brazing and understanding the metals that you are working with you know another one especially in the commercial refrigeration is when we start talking about dissimilar metals and knowing how much heat to use, and we're bringing a copper line onto a steel fitting. And, you know, it can be done, but it very much is a matter of controlling the heat and using the proper brazing rods. So, whole nother conversation about brazing with dissimilar metals, but being aware of our scenarios, making sure that if we're working with products that have any potential of having refrigerant or moisture in them, like a compressor or a filter dryer, cut them out. Do not try to unbraze those things. We're just asking for trouble. We're asking for issues. All, all good stuff, Don. Anything else we want to talk while we're here today? Oh, you, another short topic to discuss when we're on the uh, we're on the brazing issue. It amazes me how many times out in the field I have found Schrader cores leaking because they weren't removed during installation and brazing. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, actually... I love the way your mind's thinking right oh, now. How did man. we miss that one? How do we yeah. miss that one? <laughs> I used to yeah. work with a guy. I couldn't get oh. it past him. In his brain, oh, as long as he wrapped the wet rag around his service valves, yes. the Schraders should be fine. And uh, uh-huh. I couldn't tell you how many jobs I had to go back on his installations and just replace Schrader cores that were leaking. So... Uh, you know, we need to oh pay a <laughs> gotta pay attention to our installations. Be careful with our heat. Remove Schrader cores anytime possible. And if we're working on an expansion valve and it has a mechanical fitting, you know, if it's a flare or compression style fitting, remove it while we're doing our brazing and try to keep the heat away from those valuable moving mechanical components. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to share, too, is you, you kind of generated a thought in my head when we talk about you see a lot of these TXVs or EEVs that are going all stainless steel in the oh, refrigeration yeah. side of things. You're going to you're more than likely you may have to use some flux, actual flux, not just in the rods. And you have to be very careful with that. Not really so much with brazing, but the 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 using of flux use it sparingly on the male fitting don't glob it up in the female fitting because like moisture flux is acidic and it will and, and you know a lot of these things we do on the initial startup you know you know this and i know this and most people know this but the the the, the longevity of that system actually really depends on how it was installed you know Absolutely. compressors don't fail a day or two or a year mm-hmm. later because i didn't install it right they're five years down the road and then you know that you know the homeowner just says oh they don't make them like they used to when in fact (laughs) because of my not pulling down the 500 microns not brazing properly you know i mean those kind of things absolutely you you get it and most people most instructors obviously know this but um you you need to share those stories with with the class and and different uh, uh listeners and stuff like that because they don't you know you you assume everyone knows but 
they don't, you know, and, uh, and I'm always learning every day like you. So, uh, anyways, just food for thought. No, all good practices. You know, Jason Objute uh, has this saying all the time, um, all condensers are made equally and then they're installed. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a good one. Because so, yeah. so much of our equipment is, you know, manufactured to very high specifications, very exact tolerances. So why does one particular brand get a bad rep over another one? And eh, typically it's in the quality of the installations. You are so, so right. And it's amazing when you first start out, you don't realize that because when you're an installer, I mean, just a little off topic here, but you're always dreaming about the service guy being right. the service guy I man you're tickled to death when you get up to move to pre preventive maintenance you know like wow right. I'm, I'm getting close to service and now i'm going to be on call and boy i like those guys they they, they don't have to you know beat the beat 10 knockers anymore and all this other stuff but in actuality i always tell installers take pride in what you do because you it's it everything it you do is to determine <laughs> exactly and how many times have something failed in your career i know mine it's been a lot it all falls back on poor airflow I mean, a lot of things that we get calls on, you may have corrected something else, a thermistor, you know, out of caliber or something like that. But if you, you, you fix that, the problem re, re, you know, resurfaces, a lot of time it's airflow. It's, it's things like it, airflow, airflow, airflow. It's just, uh, it amazes me how important that is and how many people get that wrong when they first install something, you know? Oh yeah, so true. All right. Well, Don Gillis, thank you once again for hanging out with us, and we appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Cliff. Always a pleasure.